We're continuing the Shir and Likutei Alochas, Orachayim, Chelek Aleph, Hilchas, Netilas, Yodayim, Shachris, Halacha Beis. Because we have some newcomers, we'll give a very brief introduction. This sefer is written by Rab Nosenzal, the main student of Rabbi Nachman, who was the most avid fan of Rabbi Nachman. He loved all of Hasidus and learned by many Hasidic masters. And when he came to Rabbi Nachman, he felt that his search had ended. He found everything he needed here. And he became very close to him. He transcribed, he wrote all of his svarim, all of his shurim. And he himself was a tremendous Talmud Chacham. And Rabbi Nachman guided him every step of the way in his learning. Rabbi Nachman told him when to make a, a very strong penetration in learning Shulchan Aruch going through Shulchan Aruch several times. And at one point, he, gave, he told him to start studying Kabbalah. And at a certain point, Rabbi Nachman told him to start being Mechadesh in Torah, to start using the foundation that Rabbi Nachman had given him in Hasidus and his knowledge of Halacha and Kabbalah and weave it together to reveal Hasidic insights in the Shulchan Aruch. And that's when he started his magnum opus, this Likut Elochus, which is something that's not found in any other Hasidus. It's something very unique, which combines Halacha, Hasidus, and Kabbalah, showing the Musr, in many times bringing out the Musr, the advice, guidance, practical advice for life that's based on the Shulchan Aruch, going in the order of the Shulchan Aruch, interwoven with Rabbi Nachman's teachings, Shas, Medrashim, all kinds of beautiful, beautiful things. We're dealing here with the laws of washing hands in the morning when a person wakes up, what's called Negelvaser. Alpima Shekosov Rabbeinazal Besimen Reishnun. This is going to be, this halacha is going to be based on chapter 250 in Likud Imran which Rabbeinu Zal bases on a Gemara in Brachas, Tafnun Tes, where the Gemara al Shailas Hahu Oivitamya, a question that was asked by a sorcerer. My Goiho, many cases, the rabbis of the Gemara interacted with all kinds of interesting people, and very often their conversations are documented. It's part of the Torah. What is an earthquake? So the Gemara says, "B'shoh shahakadosh baruch hu zoycher esbonov shehen shruim betzar bein haumais." When Hashem remembers His children who are living in pain among the other nations in exile, "Azai moirid shnei dmoois layam hagodol." Hashem releases two tears into the great sea. The koilon nishma mi and the sound of these tears of Hashem dropping into the sea can be heard from one end of the world to the other, and that is an earthquake. Ayn Shom, look over there in the Gemara where the Gemara mentions this, and obviously there are many commentaries, the Marshal and all the rabbis that usually expound on the Agodos of the Gemara give all kinds of interesting interpretations as to what this means. Rabbi Nachman, in this chapter in Likut Imran, expounds on this tremendously, and we'll see here. Ayin Shom, Rabbi Nosenzal says, look over there in Likut Imran, and now he'll give us a brief summary of what Rabbi Nachman says before he introduces what he wants to say. 
כי עיקר כל האיסורים שיש לאדם חס ושלום הוא רק מחיסורן הדס. The main suffering that a person experiences is only because of a lack of das, a lack of understanding, a lack of knowing. Because a person who has true, complete das, they know everything they need to know. And they know that everything that goes on in their life is directly, is being directly supervised by Hashem, if a person knows that Hashem is right in front of me, and Hashem is saying, I want you to have this pain for so many minutes and so many seconds, then it's not painful to the person anymore. It doesn't hurt at all. It's not suffering. The person doesn't feel any pain. Because they know, just like here again, when a person goes into a person has a splinter, a bad splinter in their finger, and they look at this and they know that this could result in infection, this could kill them if it's not taken care of properly. And a person walks into the doctor, they call the doctor for an appointment, the doctor says, come right now. This is important, I'll see you right now. And the person walks into the doctor and he sees the doctor has his tool, his instruments ready to be able to take out the splinter. And the doctor says, by the way, it's going to hurt a little bit, but, but you understand. And the person says, of course I understand. Doc, please go right ahead. I came on my, of my own volition. I want you to take this thing out, and I want it to hurt. You know, I don't care if it hurts, because I know it'll hurt much, much more if I don't take it out. So, when a, a human being is experiencing any kind of problem in health, in parnasa, in shalom, whatever it is, If the person really knew 100% that this is being sent to me directly by Hashem, and it's got my name on it, there's no, they didn't make any mistake in the computer above that this was supposed to go to my next door neighbor, this is for me. And there's a very important purpose, there's a very important reason why I have to go through this particular problem or crisis right now. If a person knows that, that takes away 98% at least of the pain or the anguish or the turmoil, you know, or the frustration especially. Therefore, the fact that we see the Jewish nation suffering in exile, the reason why we're suffering is because of the fact that we don't have that das. We've lost that faith, that complete faith and trust in Hashem, in that realizing that Hashem is supervising every detail of everything going on in my life, and everything is for my good, etc. We've lost that das to a degree. And when things happen to us, we, we attach it to, to, to Teva. We say that, oh, quarter call, all of this happened because I was walking near a tree, and you know, that, that's why it happened, you know. So we've lost that das, and therefore we associate struggles that we're going through, we associate it with teva, nature, or mazel, luck. These are the terms of people, my, it was my luck that I, I, I happened to be there when this and this happened. And why is that? How did the Jewish people fall out of faith in Hashem and all of this? The answer is, because of the fact that we're living amongst the non-Jews, 
and we've learned from them. It's a Pesach in Tehillim. That when we're living among them and we're surrounded on all four sides, top to bottom, by their culture, by secular culture, unfortunately, a lot of it seeps into our brains, our hearts, and our lives. And we start talking like them. We start thinking like them. I mentioned something about a few months ago, an expression that I heard very repeatedly from Americans. And then I started hearing it here from Anglos and Eretz Yisrael. The expression, it's crazy. This is a new thing that people have picked up when anything bad happens or anything shocking happens. You know, it's crazy. Did you see it? Did you hear what happened to this person? It's crazy. It became a normal thing. It just slips into the conversation. And whenever I hear somebody say that, very often I say, you mean Hashem is crazy? <gasps> I didn't mean, I didn't say that. Well, I didn't say that. Who, who's the it's? Who's the it's here? I was saying, it's crazy. It's crazy what's going on with the Arabs. It's crazy, the economy. It's Who's the it's? If we're Jewish, if we believe in Hashem, it's not crazy. You're crazy. I'm crazy. If there's anything going wrong, the only ones who might be to blame are us. But it's not crazy. That's for sure. It's doing a great job. You know, the, the, the ethereal it, you know, etc. Ube'emes, Rabbein Azal explains over there, however, the truth is, Yisroel heim lemala me'ateva. The Jewish nation is above the laws of nature. The Gemara says that Hashem, when, when the Torah tells us that Hashem took Avram Avinu and lifted him above the stars to show him that it's true that the other nations in the world some of what happens to them is dictated by faith, by nature, by, by, by predestination. But the Jewish people, Hashem treats us differently. By us, everything is hashkocha, hashkocha proti, direct supervision of Hashem. However, when we commit sins, Rabbein Zal goes on to explain over there that sometimes it's possible for us, since Hashem knows that if he were treating us with hashgacha prati, tit for tat, then when we do very bad things, <clears throat> we would deserve to get very bad punches. So what Hashem does instead sometimes, as a favor, as a gift, Hashem says, you know what? I'm going to put it on autopilot now. For right now, for this next period of time, I'm going to put the Jews on teva. And again, meaning I'm going to let nature run its course, sort of. So that if, according to natural means, this person who's got a job for the past 10 years and shows up for work on time every day, if, according to nature, if he goes to work for the next week or two, he will get his paycheck, Hashem will close his eyes so Hashem will let that happen rather than punch that person in the face because they did something terrible. So there are rare occasions when Hashem will switch channels for a particular jewel for Kali Yisrael, and to put us on to Teva for a short, for a limited period of time, until certain things get straightened on, where then again, Kaviyochel Hashem takes that hands-on, direct hands-on approach with us. Now, when Hashem wants to give the Jewish people a major Yeshua, a major salvation, while we're in Golos, Azai Mamshikhalayam Hashgocha Misoif Ha'ilam. Then Hashem draws upon us 
a Yeshua, a salvation, a Hashkocha, from the end of time. Because the Torah tells us that in the future, when Mashiach comes, etc., then Hashem will do away with Teva completely. There will only be Hashgacha. As the Pasuk says in Yeshati 1, that the, the heavens <coughs> will be like, like smoke. They'll, go up and they'll, they'll be removed like smoke, in a sense. Meaning the Shomayim, which has the stars in it, the zodiac and everything, that's going to go away like smoke. It's going to be removed at that time in the future. And at that time, the Jews will be on top, on top of all of their adversaries, on top of the world. The Alkain, and therefore... Even now, while we're still in Golos, and we're still not perfect, when Hashem wants to bring about the downfall of a particular nation, the Egyptians, the Greeks, whoever it was, and to lift up the Jews, to elevate the Jews, Hashem draws on the future. Lahavdil, this is like credit. A person in the bank who has no money in their account, but they have a pretty good track record, or the bank knows this person had brought, has brought papers that show unequivocally that in six months this person is going to be getting a very, very major sum of money. The bank says, you know what? <clears throat> We're going to draw on that. We're drawing on your future. We know that this money... We're going to let you draw on that now to bail you out of a particular small problem. You have a problem now, a $10,000, $20,000 problem. We know that you're expecting $3 million in six months, and it's not a risk. It's a CD that's coming to a conclusion, whatever it is. So the bank says, no problem. We're going to draw on that, on that $3 million. We're going to let you have the $10,000, $15,000 you need now, no problem. Sometimes when the Jewish people are in a crisis and we don't necessarily deserve right now to be helped completely, there are times that Hashem will draw on this hashgacha of the future. And by Hashem turning that on, the Jewish people are elevated, and, and they receive the Yeshua that they need. Ein Shom Kol Rav Nosanzal says, study that chapter on the Kutimran well. It's about one page, one amud, so that you'll have a good introduction to what he's going to say now. He gives you a brief overview, what you need to get started. Ayn Shom. And this is what the Gemara says, that when Hashem remembers the Jewish people, that they're going through major suffering, and he wants to help them, that's the, that's the issue with the tears, which Rabbi Nachman explains as representing Hashgochel, Hashem's vision. Rabbi Nachman over there explains what tears are all about, etc. Now Rabbi Nelson Zal begins his explanation. Paragraph Aleph. We said that when the Jews are in Golis sometimes, they lose the Das, they lose the, the consciousness of Hashem. We don't realize that fully 
that everything that's going on is only through direct supervision of Hashem, and the people think that, no, no, sometimes there are certain things that are just natural. That's as if the Jewish people are in a state of sleep. Sleep is also a concept where the brain, the consciousness, leaves. That's like nighttime and darkness. Because when we talk about daylight, we're talking about das, seichel. Understanding is always for, let me shed light on this subject for you means, let me enlighten you, let me, let, me, let me clarify it for you, let me teach you, educate you about this thing. So day and light refer to das, and nighttime, darkness, are the concept of the das leaving. Hainu, Rab Nosenzal explains, Light is only from Hashem. As we say now during the month of Elul, Hashem Hashem is my light and my salvation. So all light and all salvation comes from Hashem. Hashem is the one who shines his light upon us. And that's the essence of the sunlight. When we talk about the light of the sun, the sun is a conduit for Hashem's light. As the Pesach says in Tehillim, chapter 84, Hashem is our sun and our protector. Meaning, when a Jew is fully aware that Hashem runs the world only with Hashkocha. There is no nature. There is no autopilot. Even nature, nature is being controlled, directly controlled by Hashem. That's light. Then that person is in a state of light, enlightenment. Because the real light that's found any place that there is light, whether it's the light of the sun or anything else, what's behind it is Hashem. And when people lose that awareness, that realization, and we start thinking that, no, 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 this, this happened naturally, or this... You know, I knew this was going to happen. It was, it was, it evolved this way. That's a concept of the light leaving. And then the person is in a state of night, a state of darkness. This is what the Pesach says in Yeshaya, chapter 13. The sun was dark when it, when it went out. Or as the Pesach says in Yoel, the sun and the moon were dark. They lost their light. As we see in many Pesukim. All those Pesukim are relating to the Jewish people when we're in exile. While we are in exile, it's considered as if the sun is not giving its full light, but rather the sun is dark. 
Kemavoyer Bepeirish Rashi, as Rashi explains over there. I'm sorry, Kihagolus Nimshalalaila, Kemavoyer Bepeirish Rashi, because the exile is compared to nighttime. So when we are in exile, even if the sun is shining brightly and it's 34 degrees centigrade, they're saying today in Yerushalayim, we know that this is sort of darkness. This is compared to when Hashem's light is really shining in its full brightness, which is the concept of redemption. While we are in exile, and one of the main reasons we are in exile is because we don't believe completely in Hashem. We don't believe in Hashkoch Prati, but rather we assume that things are following their natural course. Ki teketh kishetoylen because as soon as a Jew starts taking Hashem out of the equation and, and referring to things as natural, azai nestale ko'or then the light leaves the sun. It's as if the sun turns dark. It lost its light. It's lost its blessing from Hashem. Because the truth is, the sun has no light of its own at all other than what it receives from Hashem. So if we take Hashem out of the equation, then the sun is dark, chas v'shom. This is why when we are in exile, it's compared to being in a state of night and darkness. Because again, the, the real, the Jewish people experiencing exile is because we've forgotten about Hashkoch Prati. We've lost our solid, solid faith and realization that everything, everything going on in our lives as individuals and as a nation is all complete hashkoch aproti. And then we're in a state called nighttime, darkness. The light has left. And that's sleep. When the, the consciousness closes down for the most part. Leida shahakoyl We've lost that awareness that everything is hashkocha. Shezehu ikr ha'or. That's the real light. When we talk about a person being enlightened, that's the real enlightenment. And we know that it's brought that this is one of the main things that the Baal Shem Tov came to the world to re- reactivate. During his time, during the Baal Shem Tov's time, there was a small, very small minority of Jewish people who were studying Torah deeply and intensely in the yeshivas, and the rest of the Jewish people had become menutak, disconnected pretty much from them. There were two camps, the small minority, the 1%, let's say, that were learning in the major yeshivas, you know, Torah, the Iyun deep, and the 99% that were farmers or businessmen, etc., and we're having less and less to do with Torah, with Yiddishkeit. And the Baal Shem Tov, he said one of the main things he was coming to re- refresh everybody's memory is that Hashem is not only in the yeshiva. Hashem is everywhere. He's in every facet of our lives, whether it's the people who are studying Torah full-time or the businessmen or the farmers. 
and he showed this to them in a thousand different ways. He re thereby taking them out of the depth of exile, thereby injecting some light into the darkness, into the deep darkness that was going on at that time. And this is what the whole concept, we talk about the light, the oil of Hasidus, the light of Hasidus, it's this light. One of the highlights that's emphasized throughout all the Sifrei Hasidus and all the Sifrei Kabbalah is tremendous, tremendous emphasis and clarity on this subject. Knowing that Hashem is everywhere and everything and nothing happens without Hashem's active participation and will. Everything that happens is Rotzlein of Hashem and the Rotzlein of Hashem is good. It's only for our benefit, etc. So now he's telling us that Golos is referred to as nighttime darkness and Golos is referred to as a state of sleep. This is why we find Pesukim in the Torah where we beseech Hashem, we ask Hashem, wake up, wake up Hashem, get us out of this mess. Because the state of Golos is where we and Kaviochel Hashem seem to be asleep. This is why the Zohar Kodesh says that during sleep there's a Ruach of Tuma that rests on the person, impurity, the Ho'ikar al Hayodayim. And it especially affects the hands. As the Zohar Kodesh writes in Parshas Vayeshev, because the essence of the other nations, we talk about Jewish people versus the other nations, we are the, we are the people of Hashem Echad, and they are the nations of Elohim Acherim. You know, the, the Ten Commandments begins with, Hashem declares us as His nation, we are one nation with one G-O-D. And then the second commandment says, do not associate with the other nations who are involved in Elohim Acherim. And so that the other nations, we draw our spirituality from faith in Hashem. The other nations draw their power from denial of Hashem, from Kfira. That's the, the roots of the Yetzirah, the evil inclination. In the Zohar Kodesh, it refers to the Yetzirah as Kel Acher, an idol, denial of Hashem. I'm sorry. When people forget that everything is direct hashkoch from Hashem, and they start thinking that things are natural, that's, that's the main place where the other nations, the idols and the sitrachra, draw their strength from. When we're sleeping, which is a time that our das is at a tremendous minimum. That's when the other side is strong. The severity of exile, which is compared to night and sleep, when they are prevalent, they draw their energy when the teva gets stronger. 
This is what the Zohar Kodesh refers to when it speaks about this Ruach Tuma that rests on a person while they're sleeping. The Ruach Tuma is this Ruach of Kfira, this denial, this lack of awareness of Hashgacha Prati. And this is why the main way that we purify our sleep, the main tikkun that we make for this period of darkness, Hestalkasadas, is through Emuna. As Rabbeinazal mentions this in chapter 35 in Likut Imran, where the, uh, <coughs> we say, Chadoshim Labekorim, Rabo Emuna Secha. That every morning when we wake up new, it's it's coming from a rabbi emunasecha, an increase in emunah. I'm sorry, the post lahagid baboiker chazdecha, the emunascha baleilois. That during the nighttime, we're forced to focus on emunah. The das leaves at night, and then we switch gears, we shift into emunah mode. We're getting our strength from emunah. Hainu, bishas, histalkos adas, prinashena. When a person is experiencing that, the das leaving, meaning the person's in a state of sleep, when a person sees that they're not thinking clearly, and the person can't realize, can't accept that everything is direct hashkocha from Hashem, like most of the Jewish people are feeling right now when we're in this severe golos among the other nations, which is the golos which is compared to nighttime and darkness, where all the secular wisdoms are growing in the world, technology and everything, and for many people, that replaces religion. That's replacing Hashem. Number one, in terms of time, in terms of preoccupation, people who go to work, and then after work, they're on a the computer, they're on Facebook, they're, you know, so they're becoming totally preoccupied with Teva. And again, everything, you, you don't need Hashem in your life anymore. You want orange juice? You don't, you don't go to a tree for orange juice. You go to a store. You know, so notice Hashem becomes less and less and less obvious in our lives. Slowly but surely, Hashem is being replaced by Teva, by all the natural things, the whole nature and natural situation that we see around us. So when that happens, Azai Mechuyov Kolechot Mi Yisrael, Lahashlech Ulesalek Daitoy Legamri, then every single Jew has to put their intellect aside completely and to fortify ourselves, to strengthen ourselves by focusing only on emuna, Because das is referred to what you see. What you see around you, you're surrounded by teva. We're surrounded from top to bottom. Refrigerators over there, light bulbs on top, electrical, so everything around us is teva, teva, teva. When a person is, sees that they're in that kind of state, then they can't use their eyes, they can't have to close their eyes and close the intellect in order to connect with Hashem and to say, I believe. Because I'm seeing through that refrigerator, I'm seeing through the te- that, that there's a Hashem behind all of it. Nothing, none of this came into existence without Hashem and nothing is existing today 
without Hashem willing it to continue to exist. And the person is focusing on their emuna, emuna in hashkacha prati, and there is no teva at all whatsoever because Hashem is behind the teva. The Arizal says that when we say Hashem hu hu elokim, that Hashem is elokim, the word elokim, Hashem's name elokim is bigimatria hateva, the word teva. So that when, we, when it seems as if things are in autopilot, when it seems as if things are following their natural course, it simply means that Hashem has changed names, Kaviyachal. Instead of Yud Kevavke being at the controls, he's put Elohim onto the controls. And Elohim is Midas Hadin, Elohim is Hastara, compared to Yud Kevavke. When Hashem is in Yud Kevavke mode, his presence is much more obvious. You can see Hashem and feel Hashem much more. When Hashem is hiding from us, he's hiding behind Elohim, behind that facade called Teva. And when a person feels themselves falling into that, that they're forgetting more and more that there is a Hashem just because they've, they're so engrossed and involved in Teva, Rav Nosan says that we have to shift gears and shut down the intellect completely and turn on the Emuna. The Emunah Nashkocha Proti, that everything, that Hashem is behind everything, everything, everything. And there is no, Teva on its own doesn't exist. There is no independent thing called Teva. But rather Teva is, is a different display of Hashem. It's a different color that Hashem is showing a different, a different side of himself. This is what Rabbein Azal speaks about there in chapter 35 in the Kutimran, that the main tikkun, while we're asleep, is emuna. That's why right before we go to sleep, what do we do? We say, Kriya Shema Alamita. Kriya Shema is all about emuna. We're telling ourselves that right now we're putting the books away, right now we're going into, we're switching gears into emuna mode. That when, when it's dark, when the darkness is there, which means we don't see, we don't understand, we don't see Hashem around us with our eyes, no problem. We'll close our eyes. We'll close our eyes and shift gears into emuna mode. The person then has to go enter into the emuna, and to be able to rely only on, on emuna alone. Since at this point, the das has left for the most part. Just like now, in, in the state that we are in, in Golis, after 2,000 years, Rav says, while we're going through this Golis, a Jew has to constantly be ready to shift gears and go into emuna mode. When he sees that he's being surrounded, you know, that Alpidas, he doesn't see Hashem around him, Alpidas, and he has to shift gears into Emuna. Meachar Sha'adain Loinizgale Hadas Bishlemus Leida Beemis Shakul Bashkoha. Because of the fact that now in the state that we're in today, Hashem is not yet revealed. We don't see that everything is Hashgoha Proti around us. Therefore, now during this exile, very often a Jew has to shift gears and go into emuna, as the Pesach says, 
that when you're in nighttime, you must connect with Amunah. And because of the fact that at night time, when people are usually sleeping, the Das leaves, the other side gets stronger, the Chochmasateva, which is referred to as darkness, compared to, compared to the light of Torah, compared to the light of Hashem, compared to the light of Yud Kevavke, Elohim is referred to as darkness. Bibachinas, as the Pesach says, when Hashem created Adam Arishain, it said when he was about to create Chava, it says, V'tardema nof... No, no, I'm sorry, this is later, by the Brisbane Absorin. It says, V'tardema noflo al Avram, a deep sleep came upon Avram Avinu, V'hine emo chashecho, and there was a tremendous darkness. Shehereihu toikef hagolos, and the Torah tells us there that that's when Hashem revealed Tavram Avinu exactly the different exiles that his, his children were going to go through. Sheyini Kosom, I'm sorry, Hainu, Beshas, Sheino, Vetardemo, Hestaukos Adas. This tells us that during sleep, and especially Tardema means deep sleep, when the Das leaves, Mizgaprim Toikif Hagolos, the severity of Golos takes over. Sheyini Kosom, Ebechinas, his Gabrus Hateva canal, which draws its power from the Teva, from the Teva becoming stronger. And this is a very important point. In other words, we, we're living in times, you know, you, I remember we went to school, elementary school, high school, they spoke about the Industrial Revolution, you know, in the 1800s, <clears throat> you know, that, that suddenly changes started taking place. People went from horse and buggy and from, from drawing water from a well to mechanical. Things started becoming mechanical. You know, the railroad and these kind of things. And this mamish revolutionized the world. This, this, and most people hear about this. This is such an unbelievable blessing. You know, how, how difficult things were until then. What it took to get a pail of water to, to the difference between a person and now now pressing a button or talking to their voice-activated computer in their house saying, prepare me a, a tea, I want the green tea with two sat sweet and low, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You know, everybody looks at that normally as a very positive thing, a wonderful thing, how the world took a step, you know, a gigantic step forward. Then we come into the 1900s, and then suddenly a completely different league where we have electricity, we have cars, airplanes. You talk about the changes that took place from the year 1900 to where we are today, 2011, you know, how the world has become revolutionized unbelievably, un unbelievably. But what we forget, and we don't necessarily notice because it creeps up so slowly and it goes further, is that it's taken people, it's, it's put religion less and less, it's made religion less and less and less prominent in our lives. You know, our lives have been taken over totally, totally by, by mechanical and, and technology, all, all these things around us, the physical changes in the world, things going on. Again, <clears throat> once upon a time, once upon a time, a, a human being only had the problems of television and radio to contend with. So there was, let's say, the, the standard American had, let's say, four or five hours of TV and four or five hours of radio a day, 
So they were still left with 12 hours or so, let's say, or 14 hours that they could think, they could look around, they could look up, look at the sky, look at a tree, look at a leaf. Then we got this unbelievable, wonderful new gift called the cellular phone. And now suddenly we're down to like four, three, four minutes a day when the battery goes on the cell phone or the person misplaces it. Those three, four minutes, we're still, we go back to earth. We go back to being able to learn. Other than that, we're totally wired and totally, and again, there's no place, there's no time or place in our lives for Hashem. You know, for thinking, what, what am I doing? What is my, uh, what is my mission? What is my goal? We're on that treadmill that, that, that's moving at high speed. From the second we open our eyes, the whole thing, it's, it's running, running, and, and the manifestations of the the person would say, so you mean to be religious? I have to go Amish? You know, I should get rid of my phone, you know, go back to, is that? The answer is obviously not. We see from the examples of the rabbis, today's rabbis, etc., that that's not necessarily the correct way to deal with it. To say, although again, there are people, we see there are people who are surviving in today's society without newspapers, without email, without radio, and again, uh, Strange as it might seem, the divorce rate in their society is substantially less than those of us who have all of these wonderful things in our lives. You know, email, cell phone, three cell phone, all the different things in our lives where we're wired for, you know, for light and sound, you know, and plugged in and all of this. But still, we're being told here that there is this battle, there is this tug of war going on between hashgacha, between the, the recognition, awareness of Hashem, 24-7 awareness of Hashem, just like the Shulchan Aruch begins. Page one, Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Samid, that a Jew's life is supposed to be, supposed to see Hashem in front of you at all times, versus the competition, you know, from the other side, from this Teva, and all the different displays of it, all the different manifestations of it. And Ramos Nizal says that when a Jew feels that they're being swallowed up, when a person sees that they've lost contact with Hashem, they've become so distant, and the Teva has become so dominant in their lives, the person has to be able to start with their Muna. Persons know that at that point in time, trying to rationalize and understand, they'll get lost. They'll get lost. They must shift gears and go into Emunah mode and just say, I believe, even though I, even though what I see seems to contradict it in a billion different ways, I believe. I believe that there's Hashem who created all of this, but, and I believe there's Hashem who's maintaining all of this. So we said the Tardem and everything, and that's what it means when it says this Ruach Hatuma that's on the person during sleep. The last line in, in the left-hand column on page 36, Al-Kain, Therefore, as soon as a person wakes up from sleep, we're required to wash our hands with water. Because the main tumor impurity is, is prevails on the hands of the person. Why? Because on a spiritual level, our hands are associated with shomayim, fire and water, yad yamin v'yad smoil. as the Pesach says, 
Ki eso el shamayim yodi. I lift up my hands heavenward. So the Pesach makes the association between the Yodayim and Shamayim. And we find throughout Sifri Kabbalah, throughout Sifri Hasidus, the hands are referred to as Asian Mayim, this concept of Shamayim. As is brought in chapter 56 in the Yodayim. And it's in the Shamayim, and it's in the hands that the Sitrachra, the other side, the forces of Tumah, have the greatest power. Because the scientists or the philosophers or all of these, the non-believers, they put everything, they say everything is ordained by the stars. The stars, the signs of the zodiac, etc. Which is associated with Yodayim, the hands. We said, and we know the hands also represent Teva, because when we talk about Hashem doing things, versus a person saying, I did it, I built this house, I built up this business, I succeeded in this, I did it with my hands. The hands are symbolic of Teva. You know, a person believing in yodi that it's my strength, my power, versus Hashem. And that's why the time when the Sitrachra is most powerful is during sleep. Shehi Bechinas HaTeva, which is a time when Teva is, is dominant. And where is this Sitrachra? Bayodayim Daika, specifically, it, it affects the hands the most. Ki Hayodayim Heimchov Ches Pirkin, because the hands, the fingers, are comprised of 28 parts. If you count the parts in the fingers, four of the fingers have three parts, that's 12 and the thumb too. So on each hand you have 14 pirkin. That's why it's called Yad. Yudalad is 14. Corresponding to the 28 letters in the first Pasuk in the Torah, where Hashem says, I created Bereshis Bora Elohim That Pasuk has 28 letters showing that it's Hashem's hands that created everything. It's with those 28 letters of that first Pasuk that Hashem created heaven and earth. As the Pasuk says in Yeshaya, chapter 48, Hashem says, my left hand established the earth and my right hand put heaven in place. So again, it's Hashem who put all of that, the hands of Hashem which are represented by those 28 letters of the first Pasuk in the Torah. The main way that we subdue, we weaken the other side, which are the, the idols, the atheists, that's where the, the scientists and the philosophers draw their strength from. The way that we weaken them, the way that we bring them down, is by purifying our hands through the holiness of the hands. When we say to lift up our hands to the das, to the holy das, to the das of Kedusha. Now we'll understand a very interesting episode in the Torah. 
that the Torah tells us, When Moshe Rabbeinu held his hands up, the Govar Yisrael, the Jews dominated. The Jews were winning. When Moshe Rabbeinu let his hands down, the Govar Amalek, the Amalek was, was stronger. Hanemar b'melchemes Amalek, ki Amalek hu klolius kol hoi v'dekhod m'vasitrachra, because Amalek is representative of the entire spectrum of all the other nations, the, the entire sitrachra, all the idols. As the Pesach says, b'chinas reishis goyim Amalek, the leader of all the nations is Amalek. V'amalek hoyo koifer be'ikora, Amalek denied the existence of Hashem. Amalek calculated all their calculations, all of their decisions were based on Teva, on nature. Amalek calculated, decided when to go to battle and how to fight the Jews, all based on astrology. As Rashi points out in the Chumash, as Rabbi Nachman discusses in his Sforim. The Alkane, and therefore, the way that we weaken Amalek, the way that we bring about the downfall of Amalek is by lifting up our hands to Hashem. We lift up the hands, the 28 parts of the fingers. Where do we lift it up to? El Horoish. When a person lifts up his hands, the hand's normal position is down. When we lift them up, we're lifting them up towards our head, towards the head. Bibachinas, as the Pasuk says, Su Yedechem Koidesh, lift up your hands in holiness. Hainu Shemagbim Hayodaim Chotches Perkin Eladas. We're lifting up the hands which represent Teva which represent Koichi Voitzam Yodi, we're lifting them up to our Das, Leida Shehakoel Bashkochosis Borach, to show that we realize that everything is Hashkocha. Kiashem Yisborach, Bora Hakoel Alidei Chovches Asman Shemai We realize that Hashem created everything with the 28 letters of that first Pesach in the Torah, Bereshis. That's the 28 parts of Hashem's hands. And when we do that, when we lift up our hands upward, we're lifting up the Shamayim. We're taking the Shamayim, which has the sun and the moon and the stars which is what these other nations base their ideology on. They're basing it on the zodiac, astrology, things like that. By us lifting up our hands, the hands are symbolic of Shemayim. We're lifting up the Shemayim to Hashem. We're showing we believe that the stars and the moon, all of them get their orders from Hashem. They're not operating independently. Everything, it is all being decided and guided only by Hashem. Ki hakoyl because Hashem created everything with those 28 letters, and Hashem is maintaining everything in the world only with His direct supervision. There is no independent nature 
or zodiac or fate or destiny, anything like that. And when we get to, when we realize that, when we show that, when Moshe Rabbeinu showed that by lifting his hands upward towards Hashem, lifting his hands to the Das, to the Rosh, and lifting his hands, which represent Shemayim, towards Hashem, showing that we believe that the astrology, all of that, is nothing on it. It's all taking its orders directly from Hashem. That's what brings about the downfall of Amolek and, and the entire Sitrachra. This is why the Pesach says there, during that battle, that Moshe Rabbeinu was battling Amolek, the Pesach says right over there at the end of the Shalach, that Moshe Rabbeinu's hands displayed his faith in Hashem until the sun set. Because the main way that we bring about the downfall of Amolek who represents all the other nations, the whole Sitra Achra, is by strengthening our emuna in the Hashgocha Proti of Hashem, Shenim And one of the ways that we strengthen that emuna and display that emuna is when we lift up our hands to Hashem. This is why Jews that are really, that really believe in Hashem, when they're praying sometimes, you'll see that naturally they'll go like this, Hashem, you know, Hashem help me. It comes natural to them to lift up the hands to Hashem because, again, the hands, which represent Teva, which represent Koichi Vaitzim Yodi, which represent Shalayim, this person is connecting to Hashem in such a serious way that he's making it, he feels that it's all only Hashem. He's putting it all, saying that Hashem, I know it's only you. I know the fact that I don't have a job now. It has nothing to do with the economy, Shmanami, all of those words that people use to, as substitutes for Hashem. All of these nice words and fancy words, all to say that we forget that Hashem only is running the world, and Hashem decides if I have parnasa, when I have parnasa, through where, through what, you know, all the different details. V'alkenen, therefore, b'shas sheina, histalkas that when a person is asleep, which means the das is at a low, that's when the other side is, is prevalent, the darkness. The main part of the body that they affect is the hands. As soon as the person gets up from sleep, he washes his hands with water. Water represents das and chesed. Bebchinas, as the Pesach says in Yeshaya, chapter 11, There'll come a time when the world will be full of consciousness of Hashem, like the water that covers the ocean floor. So water is das Hashem. Water represents consciousness of Hashem. Hainu. By washing our hands with water, we are drawing das from where? One second, we're in Golis now. We're in darkness. Now there is, the das is at a low now. Where are we drawing das from? From the future. We're drawing on the future. When the Torah says that in the future, 
the world is going to be filled with das of Hashem. And then everyone will realize that everything happening is only with pure hashgacha. The teva will be eliminated totally. We'll have clothing growing on trees, you know, all the different things that, that we, we, we know, the, the laws of nature and science as we know it to be now, are going to be overridden completely. And so too now, today, whenever a Jew needs a major salvation, or a purification, to, to extricate himself from the, the stronghold of the other side, and again, they draw their energy from Chochmas from We draw on the future. We draw on the other end of the world. You know, the these are the waters of Natila Sidaim that we wash in the morning. We're drawing on that We're drawing on Olam Haba. Which is when the world is going to be filled with complete consciousness of Hashem. Rav Nosenzal explains now this is the concept of a Jew immersing his whole body in water. The Sifrei Kabbalah tell us that mikvah is Olam Haba. When a Jew goes into the mikvah, he's going into the next world. He's tapping into that energy. Ki mikvah, bigimatria kufnun aleph, because the, the numerical value of the word mikveh is 151, bechinas bina, alma dosi, kamuva, which is associated with the sphere of bina, which is associated with olam haba. We know that the midos of Hashem, there are 10 midos of Hashem, seven lower ones, three upper ones. The seven lower ones start from chesed through malchus. Chesed, gevura, teferas, netzach, malchus. They correspond to the physical world. The physical world was created in seven days, seven years in a Shemitah, seven Shemitahs in a Yovel. The physical is, is defined by seven. When we talk about eight, usually we're going into the next world. Hanukkah, the Hanukkah candles, or the eight candles, represents Olam Haba, Bina. It's called Bina. <clears throat> because Bina is the eighth level, starting from the ground up, Bina is number eight. One of the names of Hashem that's associated with Bina is Ekyek. Ekyek means I will be. I will be. Kaviyachal referring to the form of Hashem in the future. Hashem says, I will be, meaning when Mashiach comes, when there'll be in the future, then I'll really be revealed much more so than now, much more so than today. This name of Hashem, Ekyek, has several different formats. It can be written in different ways where we write the letter as a complete word, the letter Aleph. When we write it, we write it as a single letter. When you pronounce it, you pronounce it as if it were Aleph Lamed Pei. The letter Yud, we pronounce it as if it were written Yud Vav Dalet, as a word. So the name of Hashem Ekir, in one of its forms, 
when, when the hays are spelled hey hey, the numerical value is 151, which is mikvah. And the Sifre Kabbalah write that this shows that mikvah is associated with this name of Hashem Ekyeh, which is Bina, which is the future, the world of the future, Olam Haba. When a person hears these things for the first time, it sounds strange, it sounds impossible to, to perceive and understand, but it's, it's things that you get used to. <clears throat> when I was first introduced to Breslov, it was my first introduction to Hasidus period, and I was a teenager at the time, I was about 16, and a friend of mine who had started going to Mishurim taught me the first six chapters of Ritukimon. And he taught it, he explained it, and I remember at first it was like a, a different planet. But I remember slowly, slowly getting, you know, familiar with it. And then you learn it a second time, you learn it a third time, or you start learning the commentaries on it. And it's like pieces of a jigsaw puzzle that fill in, and it's constantly being reinforced. You're coming across, across the same concepts many times. And each time you see it again, and again, the association it's made, you become more and more familiar with it, and, it, and you master it, you get to know it. It's not uh, it's far from impossible. Bechinas, as the Pesach says, Mikveh Yisroel Hashem Moishioi Be'ezzara. That Hashem is referred to as the Mikveh. The word Mikveh has several meanings. Mikveh is an accumulation of water, a body of water, and Mikveh means hope or salvation. Hatikva, the word Tikva means hope or salvation. So Hashem, the Pesach in Yirmi, refers to Hashem that Hashem is called the Mikveh Yisrael. He is the hope and the salvation of the Jewish people. Moishioi Be'ezzara, who saves us, who rescues us, who gives us our salvation in our time of desperate need. Because as we explained earlier, all the suffering and all the problems are based on a lack of das, a lack of knowing what it's all about. Because we've fallen into Chochmas HaTeva. We don't realize that everything is Hashgocha Vashem. That's the greatest impurity. When we talk about the Jewish people in exile being impure, what's the impure? My look, my hands are my hands. No, no, no. It's a spiritual mud. And the mud is that we're surrounded on all sides by Teva. We've, and, and Hashem has been replaced almost completely, completely, you know, by, 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 the, by nature, by, by the natural things that are going on in our lives. And therefore the salvation from the crisis, from the problem, and the purification from the impurity, is by going into a mikvah, shehi bechinas al medasi, because the mikvah represents the future world. Bechinas meimei hadas, when the Torah says the world is going to be filled with consciousness of Hashem, like the water that covers the ocean floor. Bechinas kitimole or it's dea kamayim, kalidoshim echnosim la mikvah, because by a Jew immersing himself in the mikvah. And closing your eyes completely from everything that, that's surrounding you in the physical world. And the person is hiding themselves and covering themselves there 
which represent the waters of Das. The, it represents Olam Haba. The person is actually plugging in on a spiritual level to this high level of Das, to this high level of Hashgoch of Hashem, because he's closing his eyes, he's removing his eyes from all the sights of this world, all the preoccupations of this world, all the things that are grabbing his vision and his consciousness from the physical world. Because again, it's based on what we see around us, all around us, that's what causes this teva to swallow it, us up, and we forget about hashkacha prati, and that's the source of all the suffering. That's why we're suffering, because we forget that there's Hashem behind. We think that it's all natural. We, we, why? The why? The big why? 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 That the whole world is asking why the suffering, why the wars, why? Because again, Hashem has left their consciousness totally, totally. So within natural phenomenon, they have no explanation to why in the world would any normal, rational human being take a country, you know, fight. Why the Arabs? You look at a map. You look at the Arab countries. Each one of them has hundreds of thousands of square miles of unused space. What in the world is, is, has possessed them to be fighting over this neighborhood? It's not a country. It's a neighborhood. Israel is like a neighborhood. On the map of the Middle East, it's like Baropah. All Israel, it's like Baropah. You know what in the world are these people totally flipped out? You know how? You know what? What? What drugs are they taking that could allow people to be spending billions of dollars buying toys, this pea shooter and that pea shooter, this thing and that thing, rather than simply raising their their standard of living? You know, getting out of the, the, the huts, the Bedouin hut, you know, the, the other stuff. They could, they could be living so much of a better life. person says, and, and all these things that seem to make no sense if Hashem is not in the equation. If you don't realize that this is all about faith in Hashem versus denial of Hashem. That's the whole battle here. That's what it's all really, that's what's behind everything and anything that's going on in the physical world. As a result of our eyes being assaulted all the time by the things that we see that block our vision from seeing Hashem, that causes our eyes to become defective. Whereby the source of, of energy of our eyes is really Hashem's eyes. And Hashem's eyes are what's looking at it is the, the Hashkoch, Hashem's supervision upon us because our eyes have been grabbed and are totally preoccupied by everything we see around us in this world, we've lost contact with where our eyes are really hooked up to, which are the eyes of Hashem. Kemuvan Bamaimarnal, as Rabbi Nachman explains over there in chapter 250 in Likute Maran. And therefore, when a person falls from that das, and they start thinking that everything is nature and natural, then the eyes have become defective, deficient, 
And that's the source of all the suffering. <clears throat> Therefore, what's the solution? Close your eyes. Close your eyes to all the things in the physical world that are preoccupying it. And plug into, hide yourself, cover yourself with the waters of the mikvah. Which represents that das of the future. That's when Hashem's Hashkoch will be revealed completely. The Yisbatel Atevel Agamri, the Tevel will disappear totally. By the Mamshech Hashkoch on When a person does that, he's tapping into the future. He's tapping into the future when the Jewish people are going to be on top, where there's going to be all kinds of Yeshuas for Klal Yisrael over there. By the Boloi Yeshua Lechol Mashetzolik. And therefore, this is one of the ways that a person can draw a Yeshua for anything the person needs. The person needs a Yeshua in Parnotha, person needs a Yeshua in Shlombayas, person needs a Yeshua in having children, whatever it is. One of the greatest things to do is dipping in the mikvah. This is, Rabbeinu Zal speaks about this, and here Rabbeinu Zal explained it. Because he says, all of the problems that a human being is facing in this world, are based on being disconnected from Hashem, unplugged from Hashgacha Prati. And one of the ways that you really plug in on the highest level of Hashgacha Prati is when you go, when you immerse yourself in a mikvah. You're tapping into that Kimola Horizon, you're tapping into that future Hanhog of the world, how Hashem's going to be running the world in the future, when it's going to be wall-to-wall Hashgacha, and when it's going to be the greatest time possible, all the success of the Jewish people is there. By going into that mitzvah, you're taking, you're wiring yourself, you're attaching a wire to that hanhag of the future, and from there you can draw the solution to the particular crisis or the particular problem that you're going through at this time. It's a drop more to get to the next paragraph. And this is also the concept of washing our hands in the morning when we wake up. Shemam shech mayim tohoyrim. We're drawing purifying waters, which come from the same source, spiritual source, as the mikvah. <clears throat> and through this we purify the hands, the 28 parts, corresponding to the 28 letters of Bereshis, whereby the main harmful effects of teva, of the darkness, is, is shown on the hands. Because by our total involvement in nature and in technology, in all of these things, we, we detach ourselves, we unplug ourselves from that voracious and he starts forgetting Hashem, and he starts believing in other things, whether it's the zodiac, fate, all of those things. This is that impurity that attaches itself specifically to the hands when a person is sleeping, when the consciousness, the holy consciousness is gone. Therefore, we purify the hands through these waters of das, 
which draw their spiritual energy from the future. When Kimolos Hashem Kamaim Layam Nechasim. 